Amen, amen. How's everyone doing this morning? Good to see you all today. So good to be here. So good to see, well, my parents are back. They're doing a lot better now. I can give God praise for that. It's good to have them back. We have, well, Amy joined us for the second time. That's great. And she brought her mother along. Let's go to the Word of God today. Matthew, I'm sorry, Mark chapter 5, beginning at verse 24. As we continue our series, All Things New. You guys ready for the Word of God today? I need tough people today for this one. Mark chapter 5, beginning at verse 24. And the Word of God says, Jesus went with him, and all the people followed, crowding around him. And a woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from, from many doctors. And over the years, she spent everything she had to pay them. But she had gotten not, not better, but worse. She had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind them through the crowd and touched his robe. For she thought to herself, if I can just touch, <coughs> sorry, if I can just touch his robe, I would be healed. Immediately, the bleeding stopped and she could feel her body that she had been healed of this terrible condition. <coughs> Don't think my throat, I'm sorry guys. Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out from her. So he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my robe? His disciples said to him, look at the crowd pressing around you. How can you ask who touched me? But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. Then the frightened woman trembling with the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell at her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. And I love what Jesus tells her next. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. I mean... How many of you need more peace in your life and your suffering to end? We're going to learn about this passage today. But before we get into this word, let's just pray. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for the word that we're about to receive this morning. And I would pray, Father, that you would help us to learn and use me in a mighty way to teach today. We thank you for everyone that are here right now, those online. Father, I thank you and I love you for your blessings. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You guys can have a seat as we get into this word this morning. The story we just read is very popular. In fact, it's often preached a lot. And as I was reading through it a few days ago, I realized something interesting. Since we are in the series, All Things New, and really going into the whole new year, the month of January, I realized that this woman, yes, her life had changed. In fact, the Bible says that Jesus told her, your suffering is over. And Jesus says, go in peace, 
And all of that sounds wonderful and amazing. And I was thinking, man, this story is all about the power of God. And this woman just came up to Jesus and she touched him and everything was fine. But I quickly realized that this woman was going through this for 12 years. In fact, God changed her life. God changed her situation. God made her better. But it took 12 years to get there. See, a lot of us think that when God is going to do something great, He has to do it right away. A lot of us feel like when God's going to heal someone, it happens overnight. A lot of us really tend to preach and teach and even believe that God can change your life, but we sometimes fail because we kind of assume that He does it right away and everything happens so fast. But the truth is, this woman was going through this problem For 12 years, 12 years, she was sick. 12 years, she was suffering. The Bible says for 12 years, she went to different doctors and nothing changed. For 12 years, she lost all her money. And she found Jesus. And He changed her life. But let's not forget, it took... 12 years. Even though her situation was bad and she went through failure and setbacks and struggle, what I love about this woman is that even though it was 12 years of suffering, something in her said, my life can change. Something in this woman said, this is not the end. I don't know why she thought this, but after 12 years, if I'm honest with myself... I would kind of convince myself to stop believing things are going to get better. After 12 years, I would stop telling people to stop telling me that everything's going to change. After 12 years, I really wouldn't want to hear another sermon how God's going to change my life. After 12 years, I may even lose faith. I may even lose hope. But what I love about this woman is that even though she went through this for 12 years, She knew that God was greater than her suffering. That God had a plan. And even though she was going through disappointment after disappointment, and even though she had no money and no hope, something in her changed. When she heard about Jesus, she said, this is what I need. And it changed her life forever. When I see her story, when I see her struggle, when I see her pain and her suffering, I realize, I said, man, this took 12 years. 12 years. You mean to tell me that 12 years ago, God didn't know that she was hurting? God didn't see her spending all her money on doctors that couldn't help? God didn't realize that she was losing her family. She was losing everything. God knew everything this woman was going through. But He had a plan to make her wait for 12 years. And when I saw this, I realized, us as a church, church, how old are we? 12 years. And can I tell you that on year one, I thought we would change the world. 
on year one, I thought that we were going to bring so much hope to the city of Miami. After year one, I thought that if we just preached the word of God, people were going to flood the doors. I thought that everything was going to change. I thought from now on, we're going to be the church that everyone talks about. And they do, but in the wrong way. And then year two came and I said, oh, maybe, you know, this is the year. And then year three and four. And it seems like after 12 years, I'm scratching my head saying, God, is this it? Am I crazy or can I get a witness today? Is, that, it's, is this it? But I realized there's no timeline or expiration date to the miracles of God. There's no expiration date where God says, it's way past due, you've been this way too long, you've been in this mess for years, you've been in this struggle for since you were born, since your childhood. There is no expiration date to the power and the miracles and the plans of God for this church and your life. So if you're sitting somewhere and it's been so long and you're waiting for change and you're waiting for hope and you're waiting for things to work out, sometimes God has you not only on a plan, but he has you on a waiting plan. He has you on layaway and it hurts and it's hard and you grow impatient. But this story reminded me, even as a church, that even if it was 12 years long, 12 years old, God was still in control. God still had a plan. And it was not over. There's so much of us in this woman's story. We relate so much to her. Let me give you three reasons why you might feel like this woman. Number one, the Bible says, and she's known as the woman with the issue of blood. Ladies, do you want to be known as the woman with issues? She was forever in history known as the woman with the issue. And I know women have issues. But she really had issues. You can relate to this woman, all of us. Because she had issues. We all have issues, amen? Look to your neighbor right now. Do they look like they have issues? <laughs> yeah. Don't get mad. But tell them right now, you got issues. And you tell them back, preach to yourself, you got issues too. We all have, we all have issues. In fact, no one came to this church issue free. I'm preaching on this pulpit. I got issues. Who said amen to that? <laughs> that hurt, Maria. But guess what? Maria has what? Issues. We all have issues. And here's the sad thing about issues. Your issues don't only affect you. Your issues affect everyone around you. Your issues affect the people that love you. You're not alone in your issues. 
Your issues are transferable and they hurt other people. And every time we think, well, this is my problem, it's not your problem because your problem is creating other problems for your family, for your friends, your church, your pastor, your marriage, your, your family, everyone, all your loved ones. Your issues create other issues and bring issues into other people's lives. Now they have issues because of your issues. So you are not alone in your issues. Your issues are not only yours, they're everyone else's around you. If you have a problem in your life and you have an issue, it affects everyone around you. And I've seen a lot of families break apart because of the issues of someone else. For example, let's say you have an anger issue. And that anger issue affects everyone around you. When you break things and throw things and scream and yell and curse and hurt their feelings, your anger issue creates other issues in your family. You might have an issue with alcohol or substance abuse or drugs. Your issue is also affecting all your family around you. You might have an issue with bitterness and jealousy. That issue is creating another issue all around you. You see, this woman, she had an issue of blood, but her issue did not just affect her, it affected her entire family. We know that this woman was at least married because the Bible says she spent all her money. And in the biblical culture we're preaching about, women did not work. Their money came from their husbands. Imagine the issue she had in her marriage when she was spending all the money. You know that money is the number one reason for divorce? So imagine that because of her issue, she has financial issues. And according to Leviticus chapter 15, if you were bleeding, you were considered spiritually unclean. In fact, you had to go away for seven days and wait for the bleeding to stop. And if it did, you had to go to a priest. He would say, okay, you're good. And you can go back home to your family. You can go back to the synagogue to pray. In fact, because this woman was bleeding, it meant that she had to stay away from her family. Her issue meant that she couldn't be with her kids. And that affected her kids. Because there's nothing worse when a child has no mother and the mother has to leave or abandons them. So imagine the issues the kids have because they keep asking dad, where's mom? So now her issue is not only hurting her marriage, it's hurting her kids. She has financial issues because she's spending everything on doctors. And it's a mess and it's a chain reaction. It's affecting her family, her friends. It's affecting her physical health. It's affecting her emotional health. It's affecting her spiritual health because she can't even go to the synagogue to pray because of this issue. Are you understanding me this morning? Your issues don't only affect you. They affect everyone else around you. And we relate to this woman because she has an issue and she's known for that. But all of us also have issues this morning. And your issues are hurting other people. And I thought about this message and it came to my heart because this week there was a, a car accident in the Palmetto. And as I drove by it, that person had issues. They got into a car accident and now they're having to go to the hospital. And I can only imagine the issues they had. But because of that car accident, 
no one realized that that car lost its tire with rim and everything and it ended up a few miles ahead on the palmetto. And guess who ran it over? I did. So because of their issue, I now ran it over and it blew my tire on my truck. And luckily I made it through and was stranded on I-75, but now because of that person's issue, I am now stranded. Are you kidding me right now? And my tire was gone. And I called AAA, but wouldn't you know, I would be on the side of the road for 10 hours. 10 hours. The one night a co-front came in. And my brother was with me, Enrique. He came by. And he stayed with me for 10 hours. We were there till sunrise. I never thought I'd see the sunrise. And all of a sudden, because of that person's issue, I now have an issue of my own. And, and I was stuck for 10 hours. And I wasn't prepared to have to pay for now a new tire. So now I have a financial issue. And I'm thinking, wow, and as I'm changing the new tire, wouldn't you know I hurt my back? I've been walking funny this week, but see, now I have another issue. It's not funny. I was in pain. This is a great man. You guys have issues. Laughing at my pain. Let me ask you this question. Does it ever feel like your issues are ruining your life? Are you tired of the issues you have? Are you tired of the people and their issues affecting your life and creating issues you never asked for? And so many of you came into this church today and maybe you have financial issues, health issues, sin issues, issues in your marriage. And many of you have issues because you want to get married but can't find anyone because you keep dating people with issues. Issues with your children. Issues with people at work. When I read this woman, I said, I relate. And what's worse is, the Bible says she got through the crowd. And you got to put two and two together because according to Leviticus, you weren't allowed, if you were bleeding, to be around people. But how did this woman manage to get through the crowd and make her way through the crowd without people seeing her? Because she became a pro at covering up her issues. And this is what frightens me. A lot of us are good at covering up our issues. You could walk into this church and, and sing the songs and listen to the messages and, and even serve in the ministry, but no one would ever know the issues you carry with you. No one would ever know the issues you hide for fear that if, if people found out, they wouldn't even respect me. They wouldn't even accept me. If people really knew the issues I had at home, if people really knew the issues I personally struggle with, so you become like this woman. You become so good at covering up the issues in your life. This whole world we live in is great and posting pictures with filters and smiles, but deep down inside, we are covering up the issues that plague our hearts and our minds and our lives. 
And we get so good at smiling and laughing and saying, how are you? I'm great. How are you? But the reality is a lot of us just go through life just like she went through the crowd with issues. And God does not want you to live a life undercover. He does not want you to live a life of secrecy and pain. He actually wants to bring transformation to your life. And even though you've been struggling with this issue for years, I guarantee that sometimes it's not that God needs to touch you, but you need to touch Him. That's the difference between this woman. This woman stands out to me because Jesus would often speak into someone's life and heal them. Or He would touch someone and heal them. But for the first time, this is a woman that says, I'm not going to wait for Jesus to come to me. I'm going to come to Him. And she touched Him. How do you touch God? She did. Because something in her said, I'm tired of this issue. I'm tired of this issue dominating my life. And I'm going to go to Jesus. And a lot of you, you're waiting on God to come to you. And do something different. And do something better. And change my life. I hear it all the time. I heard it this week from someone in our church. Who's suffering right now. He says, Pastor, where is God? And I said, where are you? Waiting on God to come to you. But what if Jesus is waiting for you to come to Him? It's sad because not only do we relate because she had issues. It's sad because the issues went on year after year. And I imagine that it went on for 12 years. That means that she went through 12 new years. Imagine, I'm going to modernize this, but every January she would see the parties going on. It's a new year. And she would tell herself, this is my year. This is the year. My issues is going to end. I'm going to get my life back, my family back, my health back, my finances in order. This is my year. And year after year after year, no change, same problem. And everything was the same. Twelve years meant that even though it was a new year like it is now this January, it means that maybe even though if it's a new year, you can stay stuck in the same you. In the same mess. And time is just passing by. And you're telling yourself every year, I'm going to change. I'm going to be different. I'm going to get better. Everything's going to work out. But does it seem like lately, every new year of your life is just like the same old one? Then we relate to her because she was stuck in the same pattern. It was just a different year. Are you tired of seeing the year change but not you? Are you tired of seeing a new year but not a new you? Then you relate to her. Lastly, you relate to her because the Bible says in verse 26, and I want you to understand something, she had suffered a great deal from many doctors. 
And over the years, she spent everything she had to pay them. But here's the sad part. She thought to herself, I know what I need. I need a doctor. I know what I need. I need to put my money into this. And there's nothing wrong with medicine and doctors. I'm all for that. But sometimes what this woman really needed was Jesus. And I know that she put all the money into her doctor. That was her thing. But can I ask you an honest to God question? What is it in your life that's taking all your money? In the hope of getting better. In the hope of getting happy. In the hope of seeing change. She put all her money into this. And here's the sad part. She had to pay them. But she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. She was just looking for better. Isn't that us? Don't we just want better? I just, I just want a better life. I, I, I want a better marriage. I, I, I just want to feel better, live better. Just want to be better. That's all she wanted. But the Bible says instead of even getting better, she got worse. And, and it's here where I believe the issues get the best of you. It's here where you thought it would change. You thought it would get better. You thought it was over. But you find out it's only getting worse. And I wonder this morning, how many of you are in that state right now where things are worse? You're worse. You're not better. You're trying. But she got worse. This is where the issues get you. Because when this is where the devil does his work. Because when you are at your worst, you get mad at God. You get hopeless in your prayer. Discouraged in your faith. Thoughts of just giving up and just quitting and stop even trying. Just plague your mind. You just say, I'm just going to accept the way things are. This is who I am. This is my life. I'm not even going to bother changing it anymore. Do you know how many people are in that state right now in their mindset and in their life? Where things have just gotten worse. But I love what the Bible says. She got worse. But the Bible says in verse 27, when she heard of Jesus, she had heard about Jesus. Now you have to understand something about this passage. She, would you agree the Bible says right there she heard of Jesus? You say yes? Would you also agree that she heard of Jesus only after she got worse? Are you listening? It's not a coincidence. It's not ironic. It is how God works. 
And sometimes life has to get worse for you to see your need for Jesus. And when things got worse, that's when Jesus just made it all work together where she heard about him. She didn't hear about him 12 years before. She didn't hear about him when things were okay. No, when things were at their worst, Jesus came into the picture. And I believe that sometimes life has to get worse for us. For Jesus to get our attention. But don't you love it? Because Jesus not only sees this woman and heals this woman, it tells me that when you're at your worst, God is up to something great. When you're at your worst, you need to recognize your need for Jesus. But what I love about this passage that it teaches me that Jesus loves you at your worst. How many can relate and remember when you were at your worst? When you were at your worst, whether that's now or back when, Jesus loved you beyond measure. And I'm grateful that I serve a God that loves me at my worst. He was, she was at her worst. And Jesus still had a plan for her. If you're at your worst right now, God can't possibly love you more than He does right now. And why is it that Jesus came into the picture when she was at her worst? It's because God wanted to get the glory. Because nothing else worked. So we relate to her because she has issues. We relate to her because year after years she stayed stuck. And we relate to her because even though she was at her worst, nothing got better. But one day, as she pressed through the crowd and touched Jesus, she experienced this amazing power this amazing healing that changed her life forever. And when I read that, I realized something that I never realized before. We can easily assume, as we preach it often, that this woman, she had an issue. She went to Jesus and got healed. Let me say that one more time. She had an issue. She went to Jesus and got healed. Isn't that great? That's not what happened. We read through this story and we preach it and we say she had an issue, she went to Jesus and everything got better. Let me ask you this question. If God really worked that way, we would have no room in this church Right? Imagine saying that God is in the business of saying, if you have an issue, you come to me, I make it change. That means that every issue you have wouldn't even be an issue because when an issue comes up, you say, oh, here's an issue. Here you go, God. Okay, you got it. Thanks. Wow, it worked. 
It didn't work that way. We have to stop thinking she just went to Jesus and Jesus just magically healed her and everything was fine. So I want to break down this story and tell you exactly how this woman experienced a new life, a new change, and the power of God. Because if you too want to experience a new life, a new change, and the power of God in your life, you're going to have to understand what she did. You guys ready for this? Thank you. Yeah, praise God today. Come on, people. Wake up. Let's break it down. She won't be clapping after. This is hard. Verse 27. She heard. She heard about Jesus. She heard. But let's study together. Does the Bible say that when she heard about Jesus, she got healed? No. Because hearing about Jesus will do nothing to change your life. In fact, many people don't change. They stay stuck. Don't get better, only get worse. And I can guarantee they've heard about Jesus. We are a people that hear about the Lord through sermons. How many sermons have you heard in this church alone? Every Sunday, Wednesday Bible study. How many times have you seen and heard me preach? I've been your pastor for 12 years. Have you heard about Jesus in this church? How many podcasts do you have right now, do you subscribe to, that are biblical? How many sermons can you download right now and listen to? How many books can you read about Jesus? How many TV programs can you watch? How many radio programs can you hear? You see, a lot of people are hearing about the Lord and we hear about God and we hear He can change. We hear He can heal. We hear He can make things better. And we hear and we hear and we're so full of hearing and hearing and knowing and teaching and knowing and hearing and teaching and hearing and it does nothing to people. In fact, when I sit down with counseling, what makes me boil inside is when they tell me two things. Two things. I know. I know. Sam, you gotta do A, B, and C. I, I know. Because God says this, I know. Here's another thing that makes me wanna punch you. Oh, I know. I remember when you preached it. And I said, you were there? You heard? Hearing does nothing. Hearing will do nothing to change your life. I'm sorry. You, if you can sit in this service till we're 100 years old and stay the same you, because all you settle for is hearing the Word of God. The only thing hearing the Word of God does is what had happened with her. Romans 10, 7. The Bible says, And don't say who will go down to the place of the dead 
to bring Christ. I got the wrong verse. That's a whole other... Sorry, I got the wrong verse. Sorry, Barbie. That makes no sense to this sermon at all. <laughs> it's okay. Thank you, Jay. Thank you. Can I quote it? You probably know it. Faith comes by hearing. Faith, say that with me, faith comes by hearing. It's in the Bible somewhere. Faith comes by hearing. When she heard about Jesus, something happened. Faith came in. When she heard about Jesus, she had the faith to say, I can change. She had the faith to say, this issue can be over. She had the faith to say, my life can be different. But can I also tell you this? Faith alone will do nothing. Because what if she said to herself, what she did, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I can be healed. But nah, I don't think I'll do that. She had the faith. But see, you can hear all the godly words you want. It won't change your life. The Bible says she had the faith to be healed because Jesus says your faith has healed you. She had the faith to be healed. And the Bible says she thought to herself, if I can just touch his garment, which happens is when you hear the word of God, it creates in you this faith. And that faith begins to change your mindset. Because the Bible says she began to think to herself, I can change if I just touch him. See, that's what the word of God does. It gives you wisdom. It gives you knowledge that builds your faith when you hear it. And it begins to change your mindset. But I've seen a lot of people settle for that. You see, if you have the faith you can change and the mindset that you can change, but you do nothing about it, you just become a dreamer. A wisher. Telling yourself, one day I'm going to change. One day I'm going to get better. But here's what the Bible says. Hearing. Faith comes by hearing. The Word of God. But James 1.22 tells us this. Don't just what? Listen to the word. You must what? Do what it says. And this is where we stay stuck. Because listening to the word is important and vital for faith. But the Bible tells us it doesn't stop there. You have to be doers of the Word of God. And how much of what you know about God and read about God and learn about God do you actually do in your life? How much of what you hear in this church do you do in your life? How much of what you know do you actually apply? Or does it just become knowledge? that maybe increases your faith, but you do nothing. What I love about this woman is when she was at her worst, 
she heard about Jesus. She had the faith to change. The mindset told her, I don't have to stay this way. I don't have to stay stuck. I don't have to stay in this issue and this suffering. I can change. But the Bible tells us she went through the crowd to touch Jesus. Why is it so vital? Because the Bible says in James 2.26, it says, just as the body is dead without breath, so is faith. Faith is dead without what? Good works. You can read and hear the Word of God, get all the knowledge, have all the faith and the mindset to change. But if you do nothing with what God has told you, you will stay where you're at. Don't think that this woman just had the issue, went to Jesus, and got healed. No, the Bible says she got at her worst. She heard about Jesus. It gave her the faith to change. Her mindset began to say, I can change. Not only that, when she had the faith to change, she says, if I can just touch him, she started thinking, what do I got to do to get better? What do I got to do to heal? What do I got to do to get my family back? What do I have to do? It was it wasn't enough for her to hear about Jesus and had the faith. She said to herself, I need to do something. And we have a lot of hearers in the church, but not a lot of doers. How would your life change if you would just do what you hear? I believe you guys hear the Word of God at least in this church. I know that without a doubt. When I'm facing the Lord in heaven, I'm going to tell Jesus, I know they heard. I don't know if they listened, but I know they heard. I know they had faith. But right now, let's put hearing the Word of God and faith aside. What are you doing about your issue? How much of what you believe and hear about God do you do? I thought about this yesterday. Some of the guys, we, we went fishing yesterday. Let me show you some pictures about this. This is interesting. Here's Dennis. Here's Jay, little fish, and then we we have uh, Dennison. He came with us as well. That's his little fish. That's cool. That's nice. And, and we have we have my father-in-law. He came with us, little fish. That's, that's I'm in another boat. That's why I had the bigger fish. But Danny's not in the pictures because he didn't get any. I gotta tell the church that Danny got no fish this time. All right. Remember, I told you how he was bragging about his fish like two weeks ago. The Lord humbled him. Let's praise God for that. The Lord humbled Danny. Amen. All right, anyway. But here's an interesting thing about our little fishing adventure. Everything was going great, but the tide began to change and get lower. Now, I was in my boat. I knew where to go. I was fine. 
But here's what you don't know about Denison. He's a rebel. Denison, he wanted to make his own course. And he went through a place he should not have gone through. And I hear Jay, because Jay's loud. And in the Everglades, it echoes. And I hear Jay whistle and call me. I said, that's the, that's the Jay whistle. I know it. So I turned my boat around. Sure enough, they were stuck. Where they should not have been stuck. What if God is looking at you saying, you're stuck where you shouldn't be? But me being the pastor that I am, I went over. I saw they were stuck. They were stuck in what's known as a mudflat. A mudflat is different than a sandbar. Because sandbars are, are firm, but mudflats are mud. And if you step in a mudflat, you begin to sink. So even though they got the oar and pushed through the mudflat, it didn't work because the oar just went through the mud. You want to hear how God works? About a little bit before Christmas, I was sitting in my couch. And for some reason, I was watching the Discovery Channel. I ne asked my wife, I never watched Discovery Channel. But for some reason, I was glued to it because it was an episode on survival. And that exact episode was how to survive the Everglades. <laughs> so I said, hey, I should watch this. And the guy talked about how to get out of a mudflat. And I learned, not knowing that God had me at that exact time watching this, because he knew we would, they would be stuck. <laughs> Isn't God awesome? So I, I learned. And God says, now it's time for you to do it. So as I went by, I said, I got this, guys. See, what they advise you to do is you get off the boat, you lean into the boat as flotation, and it takes a lot of weight off you, and you're able to kick yourself through the mud easier and right out. So there I was, your pastor, leaning into Denison's boat. Jay is just still fishing, or he's... You know, and everyone's eating, relaxing. I'm there struggling, leaning on the boat and pushing through the mud. And we got out. But here's what the Lord showed me through that. He said, do you know how many people they want to lean on me but don't want to do the work? And we all say, oh, I have faith in God. I'm leaning on the Lord. I'm relying on God as we learned last week. And yes, the Lord is my helper. I'm, I'm with the Lord. But what if God is saying, you want to get unstuck? You want to get out of this situation? It's great that you're leaning on me. I will take a lot of the burden and the load off you. But I expect you also to work. I expect you to do something. And that's the problem with so many Christians. We lean on God, but don't want to do the work. It takes work to have a great marriage. It takes work to get out of financial debt. It takes work to raise a godly family. 
It's not enough to say, I have faith. I'm leaning on God. God says, you want to get moving? You want to move forward? You want to get unstuck? You lean on me. But I expect you to get messy. Because that mud was messy. I expect you to work. And I had to push my way and help my sheep get out. And I will never fish with them again. But let me tell you something. I'm not kidding. <laughs> yeah, we still laughing. But as we close, you see this woman, she had issues. She had faith. She had the mindset. But she said something that changed the whole position of her issue. Before she even got to Jesus, to touch him. She realized one thing. In verse 28, she said this. She said, she thought to herself, here it is, if I can just touch this rope. Here's the a, here's a thing. She said, if I, want to say that with me, if I, you know what she did there? She took responsibility for her life. And we have a lot of people who don't want to take responsibility for why they are the way they are, why they're stuck where they're stuck, why they do what they do. We have a culture of blame. We have a culture of just fault-finding, being negative. But this woman, she could have said, if the doctors would not have taken my money, if my husband would have helped me more, why is God doing it? If God would just change my life. No, she knew she needed change. And she said, if I touch him, she put the responsibility on herself. If I, then I will get healed. See, we rely on God. But He expects you to push through and work. She had faith and the mindset to change. But she had to push through the crowd. Amen? And I hear the Lord telling someone here today, I'm glad you have faith. I'm glad you have the mindset. I'm glad you lean on me. But boy, but girl, you better start pushing. You better start working. You better start taking responsibility for yourself because I have a greater life for you. I have a plan for your life. But if you just sit there stuck, lying on me, relying on me, having faith in me, just hearing about me, you're going to stay there right where you're at. You imagine this little petite Frankie looking woman just pushing through a massive crowd of thousands. Just pushing. And I imagine because I, I love the Bible. We just read it like, oh, whatever. But imagine a little woman pushing and people are just saying, get out. Get I want to get to Jesus. And she's trying and she gets pushed. And she's trying and she gets pushed. And they drag her back. And then she pushes some more. See, some of you here, you're going to push and get drawn back. You're going to push and you're going to fail. But we need people to say, no matter how much you push me back, I'm pushing forward because I know Jesus has a plan for my life.
That's why, listen, yes, we're 12 years old. And I told my wife today, this is going to be a great message. It's going to change the lives of tens of tens of people. Because I know our church is small. I know we're discouraged. I know. Because it's been 12 years. Well, see, what you may or may not know about your pastor I'm a pusher. And you push me back, I'm pushing you back. That's why God had me leaning on that bow, pushing my brothers, because I'm a pusher. Danny kept fishing, he left us, but listen. I'm a pusher. She was a pusher. She said, I have to do something. You believe and have faith God can provide, amen, but you still got to get a job. Oh, I believe God can provide, but you still got to save. You still got to stop misspending money. You still got to get out of debt. You have to do something. Oh, I know God can restore my marriage, but you need to do what you hear. Be lovers. Respect one another. Give yourselves to one another. Do what the Word says and keep pushing and watch how the miracles happen. Push. Come on, say that with me. Push. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, push. Oh, I know it's hard. But faith is not alone going to change you. On hearing the Word, is you're going to hear this sermon and leave. And if you do nothing about it, you're going to stay the same way you came in. Let's all stand to our feet this morning. With every head bowed, every eye closed, I want to lead us all in this altar call today as we close this series. I hope you were blessed by the month of January. As we learn, we learn to renew our hearts before we renew our lives. We learn to be grateful in this series. We learn, yeah, last week to rely on God. And today we've learned that faith is not alone going to change you. You need to push and put in the work and be doers of the word. That's going to give you the change you've been seeking all these years. And if you have an issue this morning, maybe the Lord is waiting for you to come to him. So right now this morning, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for our church. I want to pray for all of you here today. And if you feel led this morning, I want to pray for you personally. But I also want to pray for our church. You come to this altar today. I want to lay this church on the altar of God. Come on, church. Help me pray this morning. You're saying, Pastor, I have issues. You come to Jesus right now. If you're here today, you've been hearing the word of God. You've been hearing about Jesus. It's time for you to give your life over to Jesus. He loves you. He wants to forgive you of your sins. You have to stop just hearing the word of God. I want to pray for you all here today. If you're at your worst, God is up to his best. Heavenly Father, I thank you for everyone here this morning. Father, they have to push. They have the faith and the mindset to change, Lord, but they're not doing what they need to do. They're passing blame on other people. They're passing blame on you. They're passing blame on life. And Lord, whatever the issues are here this morning, you are greater than them. So I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus,
you would bring healing and change into the life of those here today that need change. In Jesus' name. And Father, I want to thank you for our church. And I want to thank you, Lord, because for 12 years you've given me the strength to push and keep pushing. I want to thank you for my family, Lord, my mom, my dad, my brothers, my sister-in-law, my wife, Lord, that just pushes and pushes and keeps pushing throughout all these years. I want to thank you for the members, Lord, that have pushed along with me. And Father, it's been 12 years. We're tired like this woman. We're weak like this woman. But I know, Father, if you have, and I know you do a plan and a purpose for our ministry, you will give us the strength to keep pushing through. Give us a breakthrough, Lord. We love you and we thank you for this message. I thank you for everyone here, Lord, in Jesus' name.